Good morning. Pastor Gillespie from St. John Evangelical Lutheran Church and School Sherman Center in Random Lake, Wisconsin. Yes, rainy, rainy, random Lake, Wisconsin. That's hard to say. Um, So glad to have you with us here this morning for our congregation at prayer. Uh, Despite the title you saw at the beginning, God's wrath is poured out upon idol worshipers. Um, There is actually quite lovely gospel in our reading today as well. Um, And that's often the case as we hear of God's judgment against sin, um, that we also hear of his mercy and his grace in the midst of that. Uh, So think of uh, Jesus in particular. He does not um, set aside God's judgment against sin, uh, nor does he um, uh, look the other way towards sin, but actually right at the intersection, the narrow path is the way of forgiveness, forgiveness of sin, not, not excusing sin, um, nor only wrath, but actually the forgiveness of sin. So you'll, you'll see that today. We begin in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Our memory verse for today, uh, or for this week, I should say, is from Romans. Let's say it together. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God to salvation for everyone who believes. Romans 1, verse 16. And our memory verse, or excuse me, our psalm, we just said our memory. Our psalm is Psalm 89, beginning in verse 19. Say it with me if you're able. Of old you spoke in a vision to your godly one and said, I have granted help to one who is mighty. I have exalted one chosen from the people. I have found David my servant. With my holy oil I have anointed him, so that my hand shall be established with him. My arm also shall strengthen him. The enemy shall not outwit him. The wicked shall not humble him. I will crush his foes before him and strike down those who hate him. My faithfulness and my steadfast love shall be with him, and in my name shall his horn be exalted. I will set his hand on the sea and his right hand on the rivers. He shall cry to me, You are my Father, my God, and the rock of my salvation. And I will make him the firstborn, the highest of the kings of the earth. My steadfast love I will keep for him forever, and my covenant will stand firm for him. I will establish his offspring forever and his throne as the days of the heavens. If his children forsake my law and do not walk according to my just decrees, if they violate my statutes and do not keep my commandments, then I will punish them or their transgression with the rod and their iniquities with stripes. But I will not remove from him my steadfast love or be false to my faithfulness. I will not violate my covenant or alter the word that went forth from my lips. Once for all I have sworn by my holiness, I will not lie to David. His offspring shall endure forever, his throne as long as the sun before me. Like the moon it shall be established forever. 
a faithful witness in the skies. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Our first reading today is the continuation of the letter to the Hebrews, chapter 4. Let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest, lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. And there is no creature hidden from his sight, but all things are naked and open to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. There ends our reading. And our reading for catechesis is the continuation of the account in Exodus chapter 32. And Moses turned and went down from the mountain, and the two tablets of the testimony were in his hand. The tablets were written on both sides, one on, on the one side and on the other they were written. Now the tablets were the work of God, and the writing was the writing of God engraved on the tablet. And when Joshua heard the noise of the people as they shouted, he said to Moses, There is noise of war in the camp. But he said, It is not the noise of the shout of victory, nor the noise of the cry of defeat, but the sound of singing that I hear. So it was, as soon as he came near the camp, that he saw the calf and the dancing. So Moses' anger became hot and he cast the tablets out of his hands and broke them at the foot of the mountain. Then he took the calf which they had made, burned it in the fire, and ground it to powder, and he scattered it on the water and made the children of Israel drink it. And Moses said to Aaron, What did the people do to you that you have brought so great a sin upon them? So Aaron said, Do not let the anger of my Lord become hot. You know, the people, that they are set on evil. For they said to me, Make us gods that shall go before us. As for this Moses, the man who brought us out of the land of Egypt, we do not know what has become of him. And I said to them, Whoever has any gold, let him break it off. So they gave it to me, and I cast it into the fire, and this calf came out. It's always funny. Now, when Moses saw that the people were unrestrained, for Aaron had not restrained them to their shame among their enemies, then Moses stood in the entrance of the camp and said, Whoever is on the Lord's side, come to me. And all the sons of Levi gathered themselves together to him. And he said to them, Thus says the Lord God of Israel, Let every man put his sword on his side and go in and out from entrance to entrance throughout the camp, and let every man kill his brother every man his companion, and every man his neighbor. So the sons of Levi did according to the word of Moses. And about 
3,000 men of the people fell that day. Then Moses said, Consecrate yourselves today to the Lord, that he may bestow on you a blessing this day. For every man has opposed his son and his brother. Now it came to pass on the next day that Moses said to the people, You have committed a great sin. So now I will go up to the Lord. Perhaps I can make atonement for your sin. Then Moses returned to the Lord and said, Oh, these people have committed a great sin and have made for themselves a god of gold. Yet now, if you will forgive their sin, but if not, I pray, blot me out of your book which you have written. And the Lord said to Moses, Whoever has sinned against me, I will blot him out of my book. Now therefore go, lead the people to the place of which I have spoken to you. Behold, my angel shall go before you. Nevertheless, in the day when I visit their, for punishment, I will visit punishment upon them for their sin. So the Lord plagued the people because of what they did with the calf which Aaron made. All right, there ends our reading. All right, so upon what were the two commandments, or the, <laughs> were the commandments written? Oh, I almost gave it away if I didn't. Yeah, two ta- stone tablets. Um, what interesting detail is provided in this writing? Uh, ironically, not usually depicted, I think, <laughs> in our depictions of it. Yeah, you'll note uh, that it's written on both sides, right? Inscribed on both sides. Why do you think the commandments are called testimony? Why are they called testimony? What do they testify to? Yeah, they testify to or give testimony against the sinfulness of man and condemn us, right? Which is still true uh, to this day. What is emphatically noted there in verse 16? Emphatic meaning uh, done, done through repetition. Yeah, you see it there. The tablets were the work of God, and the writing was the writing of God engraved on the tablets. Right? So God's writing. <laughs> Extra emphasis on that. What did Joshua say about the noise? Remember Joshua was with Moses? He thought it was the sound of war. Is curious, of course. Um, was Joshua correct? Or maybe in what way was Joshua correct? Yeah, they, the people are um, at war with God, so he's not entirely wrong there. You know, they are uh, in their rebellion against God. It's an uprising against him. What did uh, Moses observe about the sound from the camp? What does he note there? That he didn't hear, you know, if it's warfare, he didn't hear the sound of victory or defeat, but instead he hears the sound of singing. Sound of singing. How did Moses react uh, to what he saw in the camp? This is pretty appropriate compared to what we heard yesterday. Remember from uh, 
How was God's reaction to what the people were doing? Now Moses has a similar reaction, right? Yeah, his anger burns hot. We heard that expression yesterday as well. And he throws down the tablets out of his hands and breaks them at the foot of the mountain. Was this, uh, or why was this an appropriate reaction now from Moses? So we had an appropriate reaction from Aaron. Now we have an appropriate reaction from Moses. That's right. They have broke the commandments of God. And so he breaks the tablets on which the commandments are written. Remember, he had already proclaimed this to the elders, to the people. They already knew the commandments, the law. Now God had written them. Um, what does Moses do to the calf? See this in verse 20 there. Yeah, he burns the calf with fire, grinds it into powder, scatters it on the water, and made the Israelites drink it. Right? Not a pleasant thing. How does this episode then contrast with other events in the books, book of, um, of the Exodus? So here we're in Exodus uh, 32, and we just back in verse 10. Remember, God was going to consume the people with fire because of his anger. But now it's the calf that's consumed by fire instead. Um, you remember back in Exodus 15, I think it is. Get there. Um, yeah, that's right. After the song of Moses and Miriam, remember the, the incident with the bitter water? Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea. They went out into the wilderness of Shur, and they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. But when they came to Marah, they could not drink the waters of Marah because they were bitter. Therefore, the name of it was called Marah. The people complained, here it is, against Moses saying, what shall we drink? So he cried out to the Lord. The Lord showed him a tree, cast the tree into the waters, and the waters were made sweet. And he made a statute and ordinance, and he tested them. Right? If you diligently heed the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight, give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, I will put none of these diseases on you that I brought upon the Egyptians. All right, so you see something similar there that Mara, the Israelites, could not drink the water because it was bitter until the Lord told Moses to put the wood into the water to make it sweet. All right, so yesterday the anger of the Lord burned against the people, but instead today the calf is consumed. There the water is made bitter, but God puts wood into it to make it sweet. And now the water, though, is made bitter again by the idol <laughs> that they had desired. Uh, according to verse 21, what did Moses assume must have happened to Aaron? Moses thought that the people must have somehow done something um, to Aaron to make him do such a wicked thing as such as make a golden half. But how did Aaron respond? Yeah, he tried to blame the people by saying that they were evil or that they were, how does he say it, prone to evil. Not my fault. Yeah, we saw that yesterday. And so what foolish story does Aaron tell the people, tell uh, Moses? that he had thrown the people's gold into the fire and out came the calf. That doesn't quite jive with what we just saw back in Exodus 34, does it? Or excuse me, 32, verses 3 and 4. Hmm. 
Um, according to verse 25, what's the result, or what is one of the results of the people's behavior? It's a very important word there. Yeah, the people were unrestrained. And Aaron had let them get out of control so that they were shamed before their, among their enemies, before their enemies. All right, so um, Aaron's job, right, is to, to apply God's word of law to them rather than um, just allow them to continue in their sin. And that has brought shame upon them and really upon uh, God's word. What did Moses cry out? Then, whoever, you see this in verse 26, whoever is on the Lord's side, come to me. And who rallied to the side of Moses? All the sons of Levi. Of course, that's Moses' tribe too. Um, But why else do you think the Levites were the ones who supported Moses? Yeah, these are the priests who uh, were to direct the worship of the true God. Well, Aaron was supposed to too, right? But these are the true priests, right, who defend God's people and defend God's name, right, to speak the truth um, against idolatry. What What do the Levites do in the camp? Yeah, they follow the command of Moses, um, take the sword, and pass through the camp, killing their brothers, companions, and neighbors. Again, uh, under Moses' instruction, really under the Lord's instruction. And how many died by the sword that day because of their unbelief? About 3,000 men. Now, what did Moses tell the people he would try to do for them? What does he say there? Verse 30, you have committed a great sin, right? So now I will go up to the Lord. Perhaps I can make atonement for your sin. Now, can Moses make atonement for their sin? Remember, what is atonement? Yeah, atonement is satisfaction, payment, or restitution made in fulfillment of the law, the covering of debt, right? was to cover for a debt. Can Moses cover for their debt? No, but he can make intercession for them on the basis of, (laughs) yeah, God. So what does he say here in verse 32? As he attempts to make atonement for them, if you will forgive their sin, but if not, I pray, blot me out of the book which you have written. So he offers himself um, in atonement for the sins of the people. Hmm. Moses prayed that if the Lord would not forgive the people's sin, that he might be blotted out of God's book. Now, what sin blots one out of God's book? Only one sin can do that, and that's the sin of unbelief. How does God respond? What does he promise to Moses here in verse 34? Yeah. My angel will go before you. Um, who is this angel? I think New King James does it right here by capitalizing this angel. It's a proper name, proper title. This is the second person um, of the Trinity. We might, I think, sometimes say like the pre-incarnate Christ. Um, for this, look at Exodus 23. And this is where we meet this angel. It's not the first time um, in the Exodus. 
Behold, I send my angel before you to keep you in the way and to bring you into the place which I have prepared. Beware of him and obey his voice. Do not provoke him, for he will not pardon your transgressions, for my name is in him. But if indeed you obey his voice and do all that I I speak, then I will be an enemy to your enemies and an adversary to your adversaries. For my angel will go before you and bring you to the Amorites and the Hittites and the Perizzites and the Canaanites and the Hivites and the Jebusites, and I will cut them off. You shall not bow down to their gods, nor serve them, nor do according to their works, but you shall utterly overthrow them and completely break down their sacred pillars. So you shall serve the Lord your God, and he will bless your bread and your water. And I will take sickness away from the midst of you. No one shall suffer miscarriage or be barren in the land, and I will fulfill the number of your days. I will send my fear before you. I will cause confusion among all the people who, to whom you come, and will make all your enemies turn their backs to you. And I will send hornets before you, which shall drive out the Hivite, the Canaanite, and the excuse me, the Hivite, the Canaanite, and the Hittite before you. I will not drive them out from before you in one year, lest the land become desolate and the beasts of the field become too numerous for you. Little by little, I will drive them out from before you until you have increased and you inherit the land. Again, this is all regards to the angel. And I will set your bounds from the Red Sea to the sea, Philistia, and from the desert to the river. For I will deliver the inhabitants of the land into your hand, and you shall drive them out from before you. You shall make no covenant with them, nor with their gods. They shall not dwell in your land, lest they make you sin against me. For if you serve their gods, it will surely be a snare to you. See, it's also a foreshadowing of what comes here in, in Exodus 32 with the angel. So a question here, like you saw, the Lord said to Moses, whoever has sinned against me, I will blot him out of my book. Um, is that the same thing as God's, what we call temporal punishment or temporal, some people say? Are those the same thing? No, actually not, right? Uh, there is a distinction between eternal and temporal punishment. Uh, what punishment then came upon the people in verse 35? And this is that temporal punishment, the temporal. The people were struck with a plague because of what they had done with the calf which Aaron had made. All right, a meditation on this text. The people were at war against God, for they were worshiping a false god. They had shattered the commandments as surely as Moses broke them to pieces at the foot of the mountain. Aaron reacted in the blindness and foolishness of sin as he first blamed the people, then tried to deny his role in forming the golden calf. Yet it was his fellow Levites who became the instruments of God's wrath and enforced the terror of the law. Moses offered himself as atonement for the sins of the people, yet he could not pay the price for the sins of the people and cover them over. There is only one who can take our place under the law so that our name is not blotted out of the book of life. That one is our Lord Jesus Christ, the angel of the Lord, who has gone before us into death and the grave itself. As these enemies could not hold him, so they will not hold us. This is what gives us hope, although we often suffer punishment for our sins in this life. So uh, one of the questions that's often asked of me is in regards to confession and absolution. And uh, a misuse of confession absolution, of course, is to go to the pastor, confess your sins, be forgiven freely in Christ's name, and then either to go 
about your sinning or um, to ignore uh, the consequences of the action, your sin, what it has done to, um, either to you or to your neighbor, or both, the case may be. Um, so it's, it is difficult to hear that your sins are forgiven before God in heaven, and then, say, for example, you broke the law to subject yourself to every earthly authority, um, to the law that you have broken. Um, but actually, it would be a sin against the forgiveness of sins um, to not accept that uh, God's punishment is appropriate actually, for discipline and for correction. All right. Let's confess uh, the third commandment. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. What does this mean? We should fear and love God so that we do not despise preaching and his word, but hold it sacred and gladly hear and learn it. The fourth commandment. Honor your father and your mother. What does this mean? We should fear and love God so that we do not despise or anger our parents and other authorities, but honor them, serve and obey them, love and cherish them. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we are to make every day holy by hearing, studying, and meditating upon your word. Forgive us our sins against the third commandment. Strengthen us by your word and spirit so that we do not despise preaching in your word, but hold it sacred and gladly hear and learn it throughout our lifetime. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Lord God, Heavenly Father, in the fourth commandment, you teach us that our parents are gifts to us. Though or through them, you give us life, and through them you care for us and provide us with all that we need. Thank you for our father and mother. Forgive them when they sin, and strengthen them with your grace to be faithful parents. Forgive us, for every sin of disobedience, disrespect, and dishonor shown to our parents and all those in authority over us. By your grace, help us truly to honor our parents, especially when they fall or fail, and to always serve and obey, love, and cherish them according to your word and for Jesus' sake. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. On this Wednesday, we pray for marriage and family, that husbands and wives, Parents and children live in ordered harmony according to the Word of God. We pray for parents who must rear their children alone. We pray for our communities and our neighborhoods. We also pray for our first responders, doctors, and nurses, and all those who work in nursing homes and hospitals. We pray for deliverance from pestilence, sedition, and rebellion. We pray for our military personnel. We pray for those who today celebrate. Um, celebrate their baptism birthday. There we are, Dan. Also those uh, who are ill or recovering from surgery or having ongoing treatment, the Lord grant them healing. Marcella, Jan, Ron, Brad, Janet, Timothy, Carol, and Pastor Linda. Sandy, Linda, Joan, Ken, Aaron, Roger, Steve, and Jean. Pray for all those who are in hospice care, especially my Aunt Carol. Pray for those who are homebound, Bev, David, Willis, and Janice, and Mickey. And we pray for all the missions and mercy work of our church, especially for the work of Orphan Grain Train and the Federwitz family. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Pray the collect for this week. Almighty and everlasting God, Give us an increase of faith, hope, and charity, and that we may obtain what you have promised, make us love what you have commanded. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, 
who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. I thank you, my heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger, and I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings in life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul, and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Pray our hymn, or sing our hymn, I should say, for this week. our congregation at prayer for today, September 9th, 2020. So glad to have you all with us. I see yeah, Rachel and Ruth, good to have you as well. And Nancy there, uh, friend Chris, good to have you all join us for today's prayer. Uh, do note, tonight, Wednesday evening, 7.30 p.m., thereabouts, once I get the little kids in bed, um, we have our, con- our congregation Bible study. That's what it is. We are studying 1 Corinthians chapter 15. We got about, I would say, about halfway through the chapter last week. Uh, We might actually be able to finish it up this week. So we'll see how that goes. All right. So Lord be with you all. Uh, Enjoy the rain, cool weather. If you're up north, if you're down south, it's hot, I guess. Uh, Whatever you've got, uh, this is the day the Lord has made. So let's rejoice and be glad in it.